let's go to God then, right? Christian itself has so many holes in it. Let's go back to you. Let's go back to you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go back to you. What gives you confidence, right? If you're saying that this uh, this particular account of how we came to be is 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 egregious, right? What gives mm-hmm. you confidence that a few that that God, simply speaking, firstly, you have to. What gives you confidence? non-subjectively objectively that god exists right because i don't think you're allowed to have i don't think you can necessarily take refuge in the relationship argument because god either exists or god doesn't exist and if god does exist i think that a being like god you should be able to discover avenues to god and or avenues that prove god irrespective of whether you have that the initial communication or a relationship with god in the first place right and then secondly above above and beyond all that what gives you confidence that the account of creation as noted in scripture is more important and in fact more true than every piece of evidence every every way we've every every attempt we've had to try and resolve our understanding of the universe that seems to work that's the our observations of the universe and how we and the explanatory prowess we gain from it seems to work but but you're saying that all of that is basically bullshit and that we should go back to Genesis rather. So what gives you confidence that that is much more true than the opposite? Well, firstly, um, Sean, that's why I said when we began that your, your question is much bigger than a response. And so when we were talking about relationship, we're talking about the very, the very, very simple, simple uh, as in the, the entry-level conversation of who God is and, and how he operates. Now, in the same sense, in the same sense, um, like I said to you right from the beginning, we can talk about cos- cosmology, for example. Um, and I'm glad we, we touched on it a little bit now. We can talk about uh, even now the, the argument that I presented, which is the, the first the first um, first cause principle. We can even just talk about even the very very fabric of consciousness, which actually proves that God exists. Because um, wait, what? I disagree. Expand. You'll have to expand on that. Consciousness proves that God exists. How? Now, you want me to give you tangible evidence, or rather, material evidence of an immaterial entity. No. Okay. Let me let me explain to you why I'm disagreeing with you. Right? No, no, no. I'm asking you a question. Do you want me to give you material evidence of an of an immaterial entity? No. I want you to lead me down the thought pattern that simply by con- being conscious, right? I want you to explain to me why the simple act of being conscious justifies the existence of an entire God. Okay, great. Now, how do you make a decision? Consciously. Yes. Okay. I'm listening. I'm asking you a question. How do you make a decision? Consciously. consciously. You, well, you, any decision that you make, you make consciously. That's what I'm saying. Like, you look at what's happening before you. You decide what you want to do. You weigh the pros and the cons, and then you d- decide on a course of action thereafter. So, do you, would you say then you believe in, a, in, a, in an autonomous society? In an autonomous society? Autonomous society. Like in what sense? In the sense that everybody makes their own decisions. They are res- they are responsible for their own moral campus, so to speak. Ideally, yes. Okay. Um, if in our culture, if somebody steals and we cut off their hand, and it's an autonomous decision, so to speak. If I decide, if you broke, break into my house and I decide, for example, I'm going to kill you, um, am I justified in doing that? Do you believe in that? Well, okay, but now you were talking about morality. Like again, when this not, um, it's not. Don't think of it in a morality perspective. Think about it that, in a judgment perspective. No, that is a moral question because you can't. Any question that you come to that you say is this right or wrong, 
these are moral questions like i'm saying that because you said how much of your material world is influenced by immaterial objects or immaterial processes no like basically everything because you're human beings you can't operate without without the immaterial right without things that are happening that no one else can see question then that to say you want me to give you material proof no i'm not i'm not saying you must prove god right again all i'm saying is that because you said that consciousness the mere existence of consciousness is proof for god and I'm saying you need to you need it to is. lead me down. You need to it show is. me. Okay, you need to demonstrate to me why you think this way. Like, and because please. okay, let, let, let me put it this way. Number one, number one, number one. A person on their own, even with a certain amount of will and a certain amount of control, can never be autonomous enough to actually have control over their destiny. Number one, you cannot disprove that. No, but then you have to demonstrate that destiny exists at all, which I don't think it does. You are not where you want to be in life. You are not necessarily have control over a lot of factors. In fact, if we are going to be talking about the concept of freedom and control, you actually have very little about where your life is and what's happening in your life. Well, yeah, I would agree with that, but that doesn't, that that gives me no information. Why does that lead back to God? That's one. Number two, you, you, uh, you agree with me that in our material world, very little material processes actually have influence over that. Hence, your argument to say with oh, okay. uh, yeah. you know, quantum physics, there are certain things that happen without you understanding them at all, and you have no idea why it happened, but it happened anyway, and, we, and you use the word by chance. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not... Okay, so let me disagree. I, no, I agree, no, no. fine. But, Let me push. Okay, okay. Uh, so I mean, fin- finish the argument. Finish the argument. Like we're really running argue. on time, so let's not let's not use rhetorical devices anymore. Just like finish your argument. Go straight. Okay. Now, number three, without as a matter of fact, your very um, the universe that you so described so well operates in order. It doesn't operate in chaos. You actually mentioned that then, which is your premise for building the premise of evolution. Now. At number one, um, I, I was reading earlier in the afternoon because I wanted to prepare for this and I wanted to get my, my head back in. And I was reading about Aristotle and he was talking about how the universe has order and purpose for everything and how all the laws of physics work in a sort of correlation. And now he writes this, I think, I think uh, it's one of his theses called Final Cause. Now, if we are to use that, now, we would understand that even non-intelligent uh, objects, now we're talking about trees or, or mountains or whatever, they actually work in an order that somebody put them in. You can't then say that it happens on its own and there is no being who actually is in charge of this or who actually structures this movement because then that, that argument alone is flawed. Here's the That's thing. Though. You, the very first question that I asked you when we talked about evolution is your argument is there was nothing. Yes. And then suddenly there was something. Okay, I'm going to demonstrate to you the how. Go further. Let me let me just let me just go further. The very premise of science, which is E equals M C squared, was built upon the very same principle of one-dimensional beings, two-dimensional beings, three-dimensional beings, which is you and me. We can only perceive up to the third dimension and then fourth dimensional being, which is which operate out of time. So the question then is, who came up with cycles of time? Okay. Who came up with, dude, it, 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 I cannot actually imagine there are at least 
30 different reasons I can give you for the existence of God, not just from a moral perspective, but from an, from an intellectual perspective, from a, a, a uh, scientific perspective, it's, I actually cannot understand how you, you weighed the two of them and you found that the argument is lacking. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, you said nothing tonight which is conclusively convincing to the point where it's like, basically, right, if I, what I'm saying is that if I don't already, if I'm not already inclined to believe in God, right, then there's very little that will convince me to believe. So I'll, let's, I'll examine some of the points that you mentioned now, right? So, okay. for example, you mentioned how, you were saying how the order of the universe, and particularly things that, that are non-living, non rocks, trees, these kind of things, um, have a particular order to them. And then you said somebody put them there, right? Now, already, already, you've pretty much betrayed your biases on this. Why, this is a very anthropic way to think about the universe. Why assume that simply because us as human beings put causal connection to everything, why assume that the universe functions in this way? Like, again, this is on the science of it. Another, another thing you mentioned, this will feed into, I think, number four that you mentioned when you're saying that the basis of science, which is equals MC squared. Firstly, that's not the basis of science. Science started way before that, right? Um, in, in fact, I would argue that religion was our first attempt at science, our first bad one. We got better at it, and that's why we have science today. Um, but overall, the way, that e e the way that Einstein's theorems work, right, it wasn't necessarily him saying, all right, there are one-dimensional beings, two-dimensional beings, we live in the third dimension, and therefore ad nauseum. No, or, like Einstein, the power of what Einstein was able to do was recognize the fact that time is intrinsically tied into the rest of space, that space and time are actually, in fact, the same thing. That's why you refer to it as space-time. It's not to say that there are... No, he was not saying, that, as you seem to suggest, that there are other beings which function, that operate within time as another dimension in the same way that we operate spatially. He was saying that they are the same thing. You cannot have space without time. That this, this is how this works. This is how the, that's why he calls it the fabric of space-time, right? So that's... But, but, but this is the point. This is the point. Remember, our conversation started on, on, the, on, the, on the premise of how much of our immaterial world actually affects our material world. I was world. getting there. I was getting there. So huh? we can, you, you, that can make sense, right? But let me show you why the opposite is more true than what you're saying now. The fact that the material world has a greater effect on our, our especially our subjective immaterial world than the opposite, right? You could not have, you know as a fact, right, that you could not have this conversation, right? If, you're, let's, if you were not a human being, Right. If you're the way your brain was structured, right, regardless of its physical size, regardless of the neural pathways within it, if the way that your brain was particularly structured was not entirely in line with how we as human beings materially, our brains materially exist, you could not have your subjective experience. Your subjective experience is almost entirely due to what happens on a material level. When a child is born, as a child is developing within the womb of a mother, right, there is a point, there is a point, you have to admit, where the brain of a child, the nervous system of a child, and how, the, how all of this connects together is in such a way as to make that child less conscious, less, hum less humane than a fully grown human. And as changes increase materially, that's what allows you to actually have access to the immaterial world that you want to keep coming back to. I don't disagree that it's an important part of our lives, but it's almost entirely due at its yes, initial so purpose due to material means. affect our immaterial world. Is that what you're saying? Say it again? What are you saying? Because it sounds like you're saying our material world has more bearing on our immaterial world. I'm saying world. you can't have our immaterial world without the material world. You cannot have consciousness. You cannot have logic, reasoning. You can't have these things, right? Unless materially, 
unless the neurons in your brain allow you to operate in this way. If I cut out, if I truly came to your house right now while we're having this conversation, right, and removed a chunk of your brain, you know for an absolute fact that your actual reasoning ability, your actually subjective experience of being human would be different. It would be worse. Would, I, would you agree with that? I can, but either way, then how do you explain, for example, somebody with a fully functioning brain that has, for example, zero access to certain um, parts of or our actual intellectual um, information? How would you explain that? No, of course, there are, there are still attended facts about the brain that we don't know, right? There are still things that yes. have to be discovered, well, then right? that argument is null and void. It's then. not. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that although we might not necessarily, you might not know the impact of any given part of your brain, right? You might not know specifically what allows you to have access like within the brain itself you might not know okay which segment of the brain gives rise to mathematical reasoning which segment of the brain gives rise to artistic reasoning for example right um you might not know these things but you can't say as a result your, your ignorance of these particular facts does not give you the right to be able to say all right clearly then it doesn't really matter and at the bottom of it what happens materially isn't important no what happens materially i, I never said that i never said that but you're implying it by saying that no, the no, material no, no. world no. is you... saying, i'm saying there's a much larger um sphere of information and influence in a immaterial world that actually affects our material world and just by that reasoning which you have agreed to again then you cannot conclusively either say there's no God because there's order. Number no, no, one. no, no. But you can't, you can't, okay, you can't and make the move from an orderly the universe, right? That you are conscious. The very fact that you think, you express thought, and that you understand, like what we are saying now, that decision making can actually be born. Will, thoughts, emotions, love, which you cannot scientifically quantify nor prove, then simply gives rise to the fact inevitable. How? How? You haven't demonstrated to me. I understand, I, I understand that you believe this, but you have yet to demonstrate to me how the simple fact of... Okay, let me, let me use a personal example, right? Let me use a personal example. Let us say, or... Okay, even better, I have a perfect analogy for this. Let us say you take, you take the most trippy, incredible, amazing, like, psychedelic drug that anybody could ever imagine, right? You take this drug, and in your particular state, right, you begin to make specific claims about the way that reality functions, right? Based on what you observe, based on how your consciousness is at that particular moment, right? Simply because you are experiencing things in a particular way gives you zero information as to any claims behind that. You could not, you could not be being conscious, right? For example, being conscious, you could be conscious your entire life, and it would give you zero information about what's actually happening at the level of your brain. Right? It'll give you zero information about the way the neurons are flowing in your brain, which areas of the brain are lighting up as you think about different things. So you know for a fact that your, sub, your actual subjective conscious experience does not give you objective information into the nature of the universe. You can find, you can use that experience to find it, but the simple fact that you have that experience isn't enough in and of itself to say, okay, it must be God. No, it simply means that you have this experience. If, if, I, if I'm tripping, if I, if I go out drinking and I start to believe that the person sitting next to me is completely in love with me, she thinks I'm the most attractive person to ever exist, like I can believe that wholeheartedly and all the information coming into me at that time in my drunken inebriated state could confirm this, but this gives me no objective information to say conclusively that this is the case simply by virtue of existing in that moment. And I'm saying that being conscious, being able to make decisions, being able to rationally see, like feel your way through the world, being able to think through and understand yourself 
doesn't give you any background information into how the universe began or if there was a primal beginner to begin the universe. It simply means that you're having this experience. Yeah, but, but Sean, oh my God, this argument is absolutely going nowhere. Let me tell you why I, I think this argument is going nowhere. Number one, number one, um, I said to you in the very first statement that I said to you uh, when we started talking that... There are two issues here at play when we begin to talk about, uh, for example, right now we're talking about dualism, the dualism of life, and this is immaterial versus material stuff. Now, when we, when we put these issues together, looking at exactly the same facts, I see the presence of a God. Now, predicated on the many issues that we talked about, because what I wanted to do today was simply lay a road that comes to a place where we can actually disprove the logic behind saying they cannot be God. Now, predicated on that, number one, um, what I found is, number one, your scientific evidence is lacking. You don't like, understand the science. Like you're saying, wait, like your scientific evidence is lacking because like you said, number one, it's deductive in the sense that it's accumulated information, which is, by the way, fallible and, and um, really subject to interpretation if we are going to put it that way, number one. Number two, I have said right from the beginning that if we are going to be talking about evolution, for example, the very, very first question I'll ask is how do we create something out of nothing? It's not possible. It's not feasible. I cannot even imagine how even your learned minds and, and the God particle, I've read about it and, and what they were trying to do in that whole system that they built and stretching out for kilometers trying to create this thing. Um, the bottom line is then if we needed that much resources and that much information to create, to, to really not create, but to use what we have to make, rather, I can use that. We, you make a sandwich, you don't create a sandwich. Um, it, it shows me, number one, that science understands the derivative cause and never really principal cause. So we understand how to um, try replicate mass and in the sense, then we cannot entirely create a sun, but in the event that we do, maybe then we can find out how plants came out of the ground and how, how they live off sunlight and so forth and so forth. It, 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 I, I cannot understand how that logical line of thinking actually supports the fact that things happened on their own. Thirdly, thirdly, I spoke about order. There's a basic order to, to creation. Every single thing is order, whether it's a rock, whether it's formation. And again, when science tries to interpret the same thing, they come up with derivative course. They understand why the, the planet splits and so forth and so forth. They, they get the geographical or geological uh, reasoning behind why a certain process happened, but they don't actually know who or what caused it. Now, now here's, here's, here's now, where we fundamentally disagree. Is... In the same sense. In the same sense. Now, when we start talking about issues of consciousness, we start bringing in another one last thing that we, we begin to struggle with. I asked you earlier what kind of society uh, we live in because essentially when we begin to talk about God and so forth, we have to start understanding what we have to adhere to. Now, um, <clears throat> Stephen Hawking, for example, himself uh, wrote in his book that philosophy itself is dead. The very premise of your argument, and I mean, he's probably arguably the greatest mind of our time who argues the exact same premise that 
whatever we are discussing now and all these arguments that you have brought forward could not even convince him of the viability of the same structures that we have built. And if wait, if, what? Which Stephen Hawking are you talking about? The book, the Grand Design. Are you suggesting not... Stephen Hawking is a believer? No. Oh, maybe okay. not. Maybe he's, not. He's really but not. But continue. By every scientific or evolutionary perspective that you have brought here as well. Like I said, the process of evolution itself has so many holes in it. It's not even enough to build a, a financial basis on it to teach in school. I actually cannot understand why we teach it in school. Okay, That's... so let me, let me respond. Now, now, here's the thing about God, and this is what I said to you on, on the last comment that I made on your status. Here's the thing about God. Um, ultimately, when, when we have to start talking about God, the, many conversations come up about the issues of good and evil, uh, mor morality, and so forth. Because ultimately, this is why we are asking the question. We're not asking the question so that we know if, whether we should go to church on Sunday or not, essentially. And you're asking as well why we should follow Christianity rather than everything else. Now, here's, here's what I understand about how we derive morality. Number one, we derive mor morality from a, the perspective that says that um, we can either use um, a... Um, I don't know what's the word, uh, theonomous perspective, which is basically the law of God or natural law. And this is, um, uh, you know, for example, brotherly love. This is, for example, um, love thy neighbor, obey your parents, greet your elders, and so forth and so forth. Um, some parts of the world still follow this way of thinking. And then we come up to a different kind of of, of, of thinking, which is a more leadership-based life. So Islam, for example, which um, where a certain group of people co control the thoughts or the actions of a larger group of people. So we're talking... Guidance? Talking, uh, a pyramid-type system with where a handful, let's say, allow me to say, like, past that everybody... Very you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, some parts of the world, again, that everybody must have the right to dictate their own moral compass. Now, and I asked again, in certain parts of the world, we it's okay to chop somebody's hand if they, they steal, uh, you know, nothing, very, very small stuff. It's okay for us to, um, you know, do that because ultimately then if I'm, we are operating under autonomous law, then we can understand that Hitler, for example, was well within his own rights to do so, to do what well, he did okay, because he was acting autonomously. And in the same sense, uh, I'm almost done. In the same sense, we can then conclude that Marxism, for example, is the right way to live because, well, few people make decisions that control a much larger group of people. Um, and neither can we use Theonomous uh, law, essentially, to say brotherly love, because ultimately we do not understand, we can never come to a com complete understanding of universal law. The reason why, essentially, and, and simply, uh, I am a Christian, it has more to do, that's why I said to you, it's a relationship-based thing when I started, as dumb as it was, this is as simple as it becomes. Because if you have experienced somebody, it's, it's then easier to validate your relationship with that person in spite of the fact that you haven't met my cousin, Car Car I don't know what, what name I put up for, for that person. Now, on that same premise then, on that same premise then, you, if you were to say to me then that you're agnostic about the belief 
of God. I can take that. But I cannot then on the same premise accept it if you said God doesn't exist. Because validating his non-existence means that you have proven it, which again has not been done. On that premise, you can argue then that you can say you have never experienced God, and so you choose to be agnostic to the process. That's correct. But arguing that he doesn't exist, hold on, he doesn't exist because you haven't found evidence of his existence in itself is scientifically wrong. What? Like, like you said, no, no, no. Like you said just now in a few, a few minutes ago, you said that for over 80 years, they were trying to find this thing, this particle. It's like us arguing whether there's bacteria or not. You have never seen it, but you lapped it up because somebody told you about it. The diff- okay, now, can, I, can I finally get in here? Can I finally get in here? Because... Premise. For years, prior to even the discovery of disease and bacteria and identifying a virus by looking at it, for years, they didn't understand why certain people got sick. Simple, st- simple, simple thing, right? Nobody could understand why they were getting sick. Enough to actually say, okay, I've seen a virus for me to determine that it exists. That's my argument. Right from the beginning when we started our conversation, my question to you was, okay, if you haven't experienced Karabo, my cousin, can you authoritatively say he doesn't exist? Okay. And you could answer that question either. Okay, here's my thing, right? So firstly, I'm going to have to... Um, I have to say that you've betrayed a lot of misunderstanding of, of science here because firstly, for science is not about... Um, the, the main entire point of science and the reason why science keeps getting updated and science keeps changing is because people discover new information, right? And the thing that... So firstly, evolution is... Uh, we'll, we'll go back to what you were saying point by point here. Um, you, evolution is beyond dispute if you understand the science. If you dispute it, honestly, you don't understand the science, but that's neither here nor there. Secondly, saying that simply because we don't understand how life began as an initial cause, or say we don't understand how things began, is not the same as saying that God is the only reasonable reason why this could have taken place. It simply says we don't know. All, that, all it betrays is ignorance, right? You're treating it as a virtue at the end of the day to say that, well, we don't know how life began. It can't, we, don't, we don't simply see how at any logical point life could have began this way. Therefore, it has to be God. There was a point in human history where nobody could logically see or understand. Like you just mentioned germ theory. There would have, this is a point in human history, the large majority of it, in fact, which even trying to bring up germ theory, even trying to bring up the fact that these things are actually happening at a lower level, you would have been ridiculed. This would have been ridiculous. But it was true nevertheless. And you discover this because you went after the knowledge. You were like, all right, let's find these facts. Somebody makes a discovery, somebody expands on it, and you just keep doing this up until you have much better information about this. But wait, hold on. I let you speak for 10 minutes. Please don't interrupt me. Same thing. Same thing. When you say that simply having that relationship with God or understanding God subjectively, it does not, in fact, like I was saying earlier, give you information back to this. Nothing you've said in the, for the past while has said anything, you haven't said anything that gives one evidential reasons to believe in God. I'm not saying you should give material evidence. I'm not saying that you have to go out and give me the theorem, but I'm saying it would help a lot because when you make an extraordinary claim such as God exists, God created the universe, God was the one that set into motion everything that we see around us, um, it was God and not evolution, like that if you say, for example, you were saying earlier that you don't believe in the theory of evolution, which by proxy would also mean that you don't think that the universe would be billions of years old. You wouldn't think that, (coughs) excuse me, that life on earth has a common ancestor, you wouldn't believe in stellar evolution, you pretty much discount the entire field of cosmology. Simply saying that we don't understand something, 
right? Is not you saying, okay, this other thing makes more sense. It's simply you just don't understand it. And when it comes to, you were saying something about Karabo, right? You saying subjectively, subject. Okay, so let me ask you a question, right? Let's 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 put it this way. Your experience of God, right? Subjectively for you, right? Would you say? Would you say? Like let's let's just say that that particular experience, right? Because that I want to use that this thing. You were focusing very much on the conscious experience of God. Would you say that your conscious experience of God gives you more correctness in how you understand God, right? If another person comes along and let's say this person purports to be, um, they, they say they're, 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 they are Buddhist or this person is from the Shinto religion or whatever, right? Would you say that your experience of God gives you simply the experience in and of itself illuminates more truths about God than their experience of God? I think I think you you're asking that question in a very uh, dangerous way. Let me let me put it to you in a different way. Um, okay, let me let me rephrase it. I'll, I'll happily rephrase it. I'll happily rephrase it. I'll, I'll answer it. I'll answer it very gladly. Let me put it to you this way. Um, you when was the last time we met, me and you? Um, I don't know, ten years ago maybe. Okay, great. Now, your if we were to meet today and okay, like we've spoken now, and you've had a typical or a surmised experience of how I feel or what I think about certain things and we have spoken, right? Mm-hmm. So some you have experienced me, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, would you in any way be able to equate that to how I ex- how Rico would experience me next time I meet him? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's not oh, my question. Okay. My question is to you, right? This is, this is, okay, let me put this way. No, no, no. Let me rephrase you, it, right? Let me rephrase it. Because... The core of what you're yeah. saying, the core of what you're saying, right? You said your actual words were be like the, this experience having, you said very early on that this being in relation with God, right? Gives you an understanding of him, right? Mm. This is what you were saying. And I was saying, fine. Yes. So now yeah. let, let us suppose, let us suppose I am, let us suppose I am a Satanist, right? Or let us suppose, yeah. um, I don't know. Let, uh, let's use, I want to use Hinduism. This is one of the best ones. Let's suppose I'm a Hindu and I come to mm. you and I tell you, that a particular experience that I have, right, gives me complete and absolute confidence in the fact that Vishnu exists, right? Okay. Would you say, simply, I want, simply based on those experiences, right? Because you're saying that your experience with God in this manner gives you understanding of him. Would you say that that experience, for, what, what, what reason do you have to say that that experience doesn't give them ex- um, the existence of Vishnu, Vishnu, evidentially in this way? Is, okay, so your question is, is it less valid than my experience? Yes. Okay, all right. Let's put it to you this way. Number one, um, I think we already established the, the very simple premise of consciousness, which is then that we deal with quite a lot of things in the material world. Now, things that we have seen and things that we haven't seen. You argued on the same premise that um, this experience, you gave an example of a psychedelic experience with, uh, let's say I take LCD and I see certain things. I could have in my own experience, which is separate from everybody else. Now, on that same premise, I will argue then that the fact that I believe in God means I believe in many other entities. In the same way that I believe in good or evil, I would then believe in God and many other present gods. I'm going to use that word very carefully. Now, when we say gods, what we are saying is there are many other entities beyond our own sphere of understanding or, or our own material world which do not necessarily um, come back to conclude to God. As I argued to you right in the beginning, 
everybody believes in a God, whether it's monotheistic, whether it's polytheistic, there's never been a question about that. Now, if you come to me and you tell me that somebody who is, who is Hindu, for example, had an experience with what they consider God, then I cannot dispute their experience. It's just as valid. Why? Because my, my conditioning has already taught me and told me that there's a lot to our immaterial world that they could have experienced. Okay, I but, but now, do you, would you say... No your real question. Your real question is, what makes my God more valid than theirs? Basically. I think that's how you want to ask well, that, That's another question. No, no, that, that's not, it wasn't what this question was about. That's another question. Um, and I'm going to get there, right? Where okay. I was going with this particular line of reasoning, right? Is fine. I hear you when you say that you would, you would definitely be conditioned to accept that their experience says something, right? Yes. But would you not... something. Would you There's not... No ag I agree with you that the experience says something, right? But would mm -hmm. you not agree that the simple fact of having the experience gives you mm -hmm. no information about anything beyond the experience? So, for example, you could not... What do you mean? What do you mean? Is it less valid? Is someone, if someone is in a coma... I'm no, and... no, no. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's less valid as a result of your experience, right? I'm saying that no, we're talking about and, and experiencing things that are beyond material. So you cannot disqualify that that very same statement. I'm saying that if somebody has an experience, let, let, let me pick someone who's crazy, someone who, who who what we consider crazy. Are we saying that the experience that they are seeing and, and what they are going through is less valid than mine? No, who, I'm not uh, saying maybe that. I so, Listen, I'm not saying that the ex their experience is not valid, right? What I'm saying is that their experience in and of itself cannot give you information about what comes behind it, right? So, for example, you could experience, um, if, if, I, if I come right now, if you, let's say you have schizophrenia, right? And you have, you have all, all the attendant problems that result from having schizophrenia, right? That experience will not tell you anything about what's happening at the level of your brain. And any claims you make about reality simply based on the experience are just not valid. You can make claims about what the experience is like subjectively, but you can't draw objective inference simply by having this experience. And so what do I have to rely on? I have to rely on deductive uh, observation on somebody else. You, no, you have to. The only thing no, no. you can do is get into the world and actually try and find out. Like, for, you, you have to just try and find... We agreed earlier that the only way sure. to move from ignorance to non-ignorance is the process of discovery, and that's... No, no, but, but your process of discovery is scientific. This is where my problem is. Yes, it has to be. This is where be. my problem is. You are basing your entire understanding of life based on a scientific approach to it. And now the question is, how do you then... Okay, I had this really, really dumb interview that this, this, this someone gave at one of these universities, and she was arguing that we need to stop teaching Western science I'm sure you saw it. It was, it was running all over Facebook for a while, okay? And she argues that what, why don't we then look into um, African science? Because there's a certain dimension of science that is African. And she, asked, she argued the point, the issue of someone sending somebody lightning, okay? In Limpopo there, you go, you meet somebody, and they send lightning to somebody, and they, that person is struck, and they die, okay? Now, scientifically, you cannot prove that somebody can send somebody lightning. No, 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 you can. You just haven't... No, no, here's, well, here, here's the disagreement we're going to have. This argument was redundant and people criticized her. But when I sat down and I thought about it, I asked myself a very, very simple question. I asked myself a very simple question. There are a lot of things that have happened in the African context. And remember, like I said, I don't, I don't dispute the presence of other gods or entities in our world beyond God, right? I don't dispute it. 
but neither can science scientifically prove it, prove it. In fact, to date, currently, we have issues arguing about whether a person is a soul and, and a spirit or, you know, what else is in a person. What actually differentiates a person from this? What is death? You, even to date, cannot come to a perfect conclusion on, in terms of what death is. Because even if the whole body was functioning well, even if we can keep their brain alive and their body pumping, if a person is dead, they are dead. They are physically no longer there anymore. They are, sorry, they are, they are interactively no longer there anymore. So we, what I'm talking about is the, the presence of your soul, for example, as a person. How do you now, my soul? point is simple. If we understand that a person has a soul, sorry? No, no, we don't understand Wait. that. I wanted to stop you before you went there. How do you prove that we have souls? You don't. You don't. That's my point. Because when you die, you, are, you lie there, you are still. And even if your body operates healthy and functions well, even if we can keep your organs pumping, we cannot keep you alive. This no. is, I don't think this is even a conversation we should be having. No, but th that's not, because, again, this doesn't necessarily prove your point, though, because all that says to me, right, no, is that no, when you die, no, all that says why, is that when you die, consciousness... The problem that we are having is you want a logical breakdown of an immaterial process. And now you, you gave me an example of somebody who has a different immaterial process, a, distal, a different celestial process than mine. And you're asking me whether that person is more valid than... And mine, and I'm saying to you quite simply, her, that person's experience is not any more different than all different sources. We are now coming down to this heart of what we I understand that they had an experience, a celestial experience, with someone or something else that I don't regard as God, and that's essentially what it's coming down to. Now, my question to you is: Do you believe in anything celestial? Well, define celestial when you say that. Well, we're talking about that things we can't touch, feel, see that have some amount of bearing and influence on our world. Well, and I have yet to, again, this is, I prefaced the entire conversation by saying I have yet to see anything that could, that, that would demonstrate this to me. Then now, my, my question then comes back. If you have not experienced it, is, does it mean it's not there? Listen, like I, I spent years, Look, right? The pursuit, so, of science, the pursuit of science towards the celestial world has been ongoing for a while. The problem is they still can't find it. Here's I the was thing. A few weeks ago about REM sleep, just alone REM sleep, that your brain is very active during that time. And so your body has to lock, lock down so that you don't stand up and interact with things. The, the celestial world is as real as anything can be. The only problem is nobody can measure the influence of the celestial world on the physical world. So here's by the thing. that same argument, by that very premise, you cannot argue then that there is no celestial influence in our world. I'm not okay. You may argue that there is no God. Wait, you may argue that there is no God, but you cannot argue against celestial influence. So my question is, if this Hindu person has experienced the same, now you've been throwing questions at me. Mm. If if they come to you and they say, you know what, I saw. Um, you know, Muhammad in a dream, this is a, a Muslim person, and he came to me and he said to me, I need to do this and this and that, or I had a vision, it was broad daylight, and I heard a voice say this to me or whatever. Would you say then that experience is invalid? No, but that's this, here's, what, here's what I'm trying to say, right, is that I would fully agree with you that your experience of the actual world, remember very early on in this conversation, I said to you that there's a vast difference between the subjective experience we have and the objective facts we have about the world. And these things ne will never square. I can, this experience that yeah, you will have, but, listen. But, 
Hold but, on, but, hold on. Let me, I want to respond. I want to respond. My, my point, my point, Sean. Again, I come back to the same point. Sorry for cutting you there. My point is simple: is that you are saying the fact of the matter. Now, our understanding in terms of diseases has gone as far as viruses. Okay. Can, so I, can I finish we, my points? Can I don't I know if the there's any. About those, can I answer about your question? That. Actually, can I answer your question? That's all I want to do. If you actually, if you cannot factually prove. Uh, let's say a psychedelic experience yourself, even though you've experienced it, can we then say that science is limited in its understanding of that? No, 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 no. Yes, yes, and no. Here, here's the thing. Again, this is this is what I'm talking about, right? You're, I'm not saying to you that science at any given point is the thing that can get involved and explain to us how our subjective experiences are. Wait, can I answer you? Like, you're gonna keep, if you're going to keep questioning me, I want, I want to answer you. I really do. But you're not giving me a chance. Can I have a chance to answer you? So, uh, subjectively, oh, okay. subjectively, mm. the, the things that actually happen to you, the experiences that you actually undergo, the what you draw from this, and if what you learn from this, and how this changes you as a person, right? Science, as of yet, has zero answers for this. Science cannot tell science can't even tell you what it's like to feel pain. Science can tell you that pain exists. Science can tell you what this might do to your brain and how, what psychological impact it can have. But, but, the, it cannot tell you what it's like to experience this, right? So fine, you would agree with this. What I am saying to you is that because you would easily, you are, you've been spending the last 10 minutes easily saying to me that science, you can't objectively make moves about subjective experiences. And I'm agreeing with you. What I'm saying is that you can't do the opposite either. You cannot use subjective experiences as justification for objective claims. So if you have a subjective experience about a dream about Muhammad, or if you are Muhammad and you have a subjective experience about a, being in a cave, an angel visits you and you're given instructions from God, that is a very subjective experience and that is real to you in the subjective realm but you can't make the move in the opposite direction and use that to make objective claims and fundamentally right. that's what you have that's what you have to do if you take like what you said is that being conscious is what justifies god i'm saying no being conscious simply means you're conscious it simply means you have the ability to experience the world in a particular way but it gives you zero information about the objective reasons for all of that all it tells right. you all oh. it gives you is what's there at the point right now now I, I i put i'll put this down because i have to go i have to go somewhere and and, and pick up some a car um let, let me put it to you this way the whole object objective of our conversation for me today was to establish one simple fact. And I, I, I see all the comments on Facebook, and I, I know you have a lot of people that stand with you on this opinion, and so it's, it's fine. What I want you to understand is, number one, I'm not using science to back up my evidence of anything. In fact, what we have proven then is that your very basis of authority is wrong. That's what I was trying to do the whole time. You have not proven that. I disagree. No, 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 no. You see, we... When, when we argue, the very first question I ask somebody when I'm arguing with them is, what is your basis of authority? Okay. Now, your basis of authority, Sean, is number one, how you perceive things. How you perceive things. No, that, that's only valid. That basis no, of authority no. is only valid. No, no, you can't tell me what I think about myself and not expect me to respond if I think you're wrong. Okay, that's, what is your authority? What is your authority? My authority about authority? myself subjectively is my subjective experience and how I perceive things, right? But my authority subjectively, here's, here's what's going to amaze you. 
there is no sub-objective authority about how the world functions. The, the only objective authority about the world, right? Listen, listen, listen. The only objective authority about how the world functions is the world itself. The way the world works is its own authority, right? All we as human beings can do in the process of discovery, we don't create scientific laws. We don't create mathematical laws. No, we discover them. We find out how the universe functions by itself. Like the, universe, the way things have worked, it functions with or without us. The only thing that we can do is try to find out how that actually works. There is no authority in this. There is no one person who gets to dictate this. All we, we're all on the same playing field. We all have to try and discover this at the same time. The only place where authority ever has a hold is of the subjective experience. But beyond that, you cannot ever make claims to authority because no authority exists to begin with. No, no, no. That's why I said I'm happy with your answer, and I think your answer essentially concludes this whole thing. Basically, it the does. The whole thing, no, no, no. The, the first thing that you said is fact. The very first thing that you said is fact, that you look at everything subjectively based on your own experience of what the world has shown you and what you've learned from the world. The second statement that you shared is opinion, where you say then there is no authority, there is no um, someone behind the scenes controlling movement, and that the world itself controls and moves on its own. That was opinion. Now I, I, I have the complete opposite view. What, on, what on am this. I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying that now everything that you have listened to and heard and watched over time, because remember this I knew for a fact, for example, that this is your position, your and remember I'm sure you've been building this premise for a couple of years or whatever. Now my the bottom line remains that this is your perspective concerning this issue, right? It's done. It's, it's how you see it, but based on your subjective interpretation of this. The problem is, how can I ex explain? Now, if we come back to a very, very simple question, how can I explain an immaterial God to a guy who's looking for a logical way to break him down and understand how he works? So This, the, this is the ultimate question that I should have asked you in the first place. You have zero information, in fact, apart from scraps of things that you've picked up and like you're saying evolution is conclusive it's not it is, it is not it's not it it's not they you, are scientists who stand honest, with they're, they're wrong though but then no, they're wrong scientists who stand against it they're scientists it's who disagree with, it, with with the theory of relativity but that doesn't mean they're right it means they're wrong it means that you, you just simply have to be better at science but my point is my point is you found information you deduced information and from the information that you found essentially you came to an to, a, to an autonomous decision, a self-law decision, which then doesn't give you the right to make a statement about a God you haven't experienced when somebody has experienced them in another part of the world or Do next door to you. That, that very basis of argument makes yours completely invalid. No, Because if you tell me, wait, if you tell me that I do not have a cousin called Karabu, when I have experienced them, for example, and then you want to tell me about psychedelics and stuff, that very premise is dumb. I, I, you, could, you could find Karabu for me, right? You could remove the part of, you could make this argument go away, like uh, remove it from subjective and turn it into an objective question. The same move cannot be made when we talk. If you're going to say that the subjective experience is what, you can't, you simply use that and say, if you can't use that, right, if there's no method to gain objective measurements, if there's no way for me but, to ever... That's why, I, that's why I'm happy, because you picked up that, you picked that up and you said I cannot use science to protect myself and then use it to discredit you at some so, point, right? Okay, Grant, so, That's listen. not what I'm doing. What I'm doing now is I'm showing you 
that this very same evidence that you have presented works both ways. Nothing that you have spoken now is conclusive. We have ascertained that it is it is infallible at best. It is infallible at best. There it's are. Based, experience okay. is based on quantified experience, observed experience, and then prediction. This is the very basis of science. If you want to understand science, is observe, understand how it's working, and then try to replicate the process. Now, my point is, because you have not ever been able, nobody has ever been able to quantify the celestial and, and someone asks what is celestial and they don't understand that even your thoughts are celestial, your, your thinking, your will, your emotions, your intellect, it's all celestial, it's part of that. It doesn't necessarily mean stars and stuff, it's not cosmology only, it's broader, it's soul issues. Now, on the very same premise, if you still don't even understand what the emotion that is love is and the way it sits in your brain and how, how it can keep working and operating for 50 years, how people can be married for 50 years and still be crazy in love with each other, then you're not qualified by any right of any scientific position to talk about God and quantify as whether God himself can be understood by your scientific terms. This is the whole premise of our past two-hour conversation. So by so doing, you can, yes, argue about whether the God cannot be materially proven or whether he cannot be logically proven. That may be something that you can argue about, but the bottom line is you don't know. None of us do. And so when somebody has an experience with God and they wake up every morning and they go to church to experience God, the bottom line of the matter is it's an experience that God has to have with him. This is why Christianity is different from all these other religions. The whole premise of it is relationship. So, you can't come to church and walk in church and just jump up and dance and sing and sit on the pews and go home. Even I would chase you out of church. That's not what it's about. It's not about coming and giving you money and letting somebody tell you what to do. It's about you actually getting to experience God on your own. And in experience then, because I have experienced him, and I've experienced, in this case, Karabo, I can come back and tell you, oh, Sean, I had an amazing day on Saturday with Karabo. Why? Because I have the experience. So here we now, now here's the one place. I think, okay, I'm going to make one final statement, right? This is, I okay. think, where the conversation should end. Okay. I'll... Everything you've just said now, right, about how you, there's no material ways to prove the immaterial world, how you cannot make the moves simply by um, understanding the premises of the world to saying that we fully and conclusively can understand your thoughts, your emotions, love, etc., all these things, right? All of these things are true, right? And I'm, again, I'm fully on board with you up until one point, right? The only difference is that I am perfectly willing to say that your experience, say, of what you, your experience of God, your experience of higher power, your experience of tr transcendence, I'm perfectly willing to say that those things are, are real to you, those things matter to you, those things are not simply, they might not even simply be delusion in your view, and those things are genuinely and deeply important, and in some sense, these are the things that define the human experience. I'm fully willing to grant this. The place where we will always disagree, and I, I, I would say, please don't respond to this, because I think right, the two-hour mark is a good place to cut, the place where we fundamentally disagree is that I don't think that this gives you the right at all to claim now, simply by having this experience with God, to claim you know anything about science, to claim you know anything about the world, the way the world began, to claim that you know anything about what at bottom drives the processes in the universe that we observe when we actually interact with them. That fundamentally is the difference that we're going to get up to is that I will allow you to have your subjective experience. I just will not allow that that subjective experience dictates what we know objectively about the rest of the universe. And here we clearly disagree. Here it's clear that we, 
we will not agree. We'll never find convergence on this. But there are still things to talk about. And I think we can leave it at here. What do you think? I agree. Look, <clears throat> I said to you on that, on that moment, and I'm going to say it again. Ultimately, everything, every single thing, and whether it is a, a, a logical or whether it is a scientific, whether it is an, a, a, a perspective of whether philosophy or whatnot, comes from down to one simple thing. It is faith. It is faith. You have to believe in it. Woo! And so when you read, when you read, when you read uh, the, for example, when you read evolution and you don't believe it, it's not selling to you. Guess what? It's not going to sell to you. It's not going to be real to you ultimately. Okay. And, and we can argue about what scientific fact. And this is why, as I say, I get so worried when people preach things as fact. When you say, as a matter of fact, evolution is is is. But it is. It is ultimate. No, 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 no. Because if I have spent time studying evolution, I've st- spent time. I, I mean, I was I was reading someone's thesis on these creatures, like uh, what's what do you call that? That the one they found in 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 in, in Johannesburg somewhere, and uh, what what's that thing? And, and, you know, I was reading about this and there are multiple, mul- multiple explanations as to why we have a Zinjatropos or a, a Homo sapien and so forth and so forth. There are a million different explanations to it, which doesn't make evolution conclusive. Fact. It well, doesn't. You believed it. You believed it. And you took it and you kept it and you hold on to it. When you... When we, when we hear up the African traditional religion and what they teach, ultimately everything comes down to faith. Now, my point again to you, uh, like I said when I started was, if you are going to be saying you are a militant atheist, if you are saying you are a militant atheist, like you were saying, then the first thing that you have to do is not just to be able to argue and pose and throw questions against somebody who is actually a a believer in God. What you have to be able to do then is you have to disprove as well that God is not there. It's part of that same mandate falls on you to disprove this thing. Because other than that, then rather take the position and say, you know what, guys, I'm just agnostic. I am not involved in this. As far as I'm concerned, the world manages itself and it runs on its own. There's an order to the universe that I am completely comfortable with believing in. But on the same sense, you then do not have authority to conclusively say there is no God. Why? Because like me, your knowledge about it is limited and you have never experienced it. Surely. Um, clearly, clearly you... I. I actually don't know what to say to you now because if we can't agree on basic science, then I don't know where we go from here. But I think... no, 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 no. Don't don't try sell stuff down my throat. I'm not I trying. I'm be... not. No, no, no. Like I'm not. Tra- I'm not, not, not necessarily evolution. No, no, not evolution. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, this the statement I made is not about evolution. It's simply it's simply about the idea that by that me by making a negative claim have to have the same burden of proof as you making a positive claim scientifically just within the terms of how we phrase a conversation i don't think that works but you do i don't proof it's a burden of proof you have to present evidence that there is no god do i have six arms i don't know do you have six arms i say i have can you prove that i don't and i say i have six invisible arms that right now are reaching into your house hold on i have six invisible arms that are right now operating every piece of machinery that you're using for us to have this conversation no, now, now you're just posing a dumb question. You're missing the point. 
you are missing, absolutely missing the point. That's why I said to you, half of what we are discussing now is an immaterial God. So if you are now talking about invisible arms, apparently that you have, that you're waving, which you probably have, and that's your own realm, then it's okay. I'll, Can you I'll prove that I don't? For your part. That's my point. All I have to do is to get there and show you that you don't. No, but, my... but they're invisible. They're invisible. They're immaterial. You can't measure them. You can't see them. You can't feel them. But they're there. Can you prove can that you they use are? Them? Yes, I can. I'm using them right now. They're the only okay. reason why your fan is spinning inside Thank of the computer. You. Because, because that statement alone doesn't even make sense. You're, you're missing, absolutely missing the point. No, the point, somebody, hold on, hold on, let me, okay, I'm, point, I'm being... You're, you're equating, you're equating a, a, okay, I need to I'm go. being, listen, I'm being deliberately messed up because I'm trying to show, to show you that me making a positive claim requires much more proof from me than it does from you to make a negative claim. But on that, you have to leave. And it's been two hours. Um, we've discussed a lot. Guidance, thank you. I think this is probably the first of many of these kinds of conversations. But yeah, I think we're... Anything else you'd like to say? I think I'm done for now. Anything else you'd no, like to add? I'm done for now. We'll, we'll take it up. All right. At the two hour, four minutes mark, Guidance, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on. Okay, well. Um, okay, guys. I'm, I'm still out here streaming this. Okay. That was conversation with Guidance Kanemiri. Um, my inclination right now, or my, um, what's the word? What I'd like to do is probably respond to some of these questions that are coming in through the chat. But at the same time, I don't want I feel like it would be in some sense facetious to do so without guidance being here. Cause I, I don't want to end up dissecting this conversation without his input. In, so Anyway, if there, is there anything anybody on the chat would like to ask about something else? Ba things that basically me or Guidance have not discussed today um, that you would like to know my opinion on at this particular point. Because um, I've spoken a lot right now for two hours. Is any, or rather, let me say, is there anything that I've said that anybody needs clarity on? Um, the chat's going to be available for the next, what, two minutes maybe? I don't know. If anybody would like to ask any questions. But, but nevertheless, that was a conversation with Guidance Kandimiri. This was the first of, I don't know, many conversations between myself and people I disagree with. Because, yeah, as you all just witnessed, I disagree about basically everything. A um, couple of things we, dis we agree on, but a lot of other things we do not. So um, I think, let's, let, me, let me do this. I am extremely thirsty. I'm going to get myself a glass of water. Um, ask any questions. And then when I return from actually getting water, I'll answer anything that seems pertinent, that seems relevant, that seems like it needs ex explanation. If not, we shall see. But otherwise, guys, thanks for being here. Um, thanks for joining us in this conversation and for having part of this journey with me. I'll be back in about two minutes and we'll see what we can get through then.
okay i have returned um okay let's see if there's any questions here the weather salim slims uh the weather's terrible dude i'm actually freezing cold um i made the mistake of not grabbing a blanket very early on in the conversation so i'm frozen through right now so yeah that's gonna be fun i'm gonna have to get some coffee to resolve that um let's see any other questions oh henry oh this is yeah what sam harris says actually this is something that um weighs on my soul at times i thought about actually getting that as a tattoo the statement about that but anyway um then who chopped down the tree obviously shrek dude come on salim come on be serious dude play ask real questions um are you asking me d about the any of the assertions i've made objectively I, I guess not. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so necessarily. Um, actually, actually, I'm very aware right now of how bad an idea this is. Doing it in this fashion. So, okay. How about this, guys? If if anybody still, if there's anything that you wanna actually ask, um, on I made a Facebook post about this about with the stream key for this for, for tonight's conversation. So. If there's any further questions you want to ask me that you actually like me to answer, um, just post in that comment section. And then at some point, like in the next day or so, I will have, I'll come with answers. And I'll try to answer everything conclusively and properly. But anyway, thanks guys for coming in, everybody that got involved. And thanks Guidance for being a good sport about this. Um, as much as we disagreed about everything and as much as the conversation I don't think went as well as I would have liked, um, and I'm, I'm not sure why that is. We can explore that. But nevertheless, I, I do think it was civil. I do think we both have a much greater understanding of where we came from. And I do think that this is one of those conversations that whether we like it or not, um, whether, he, whether he likes it or not, there's many people who, who share my views. And whether I like it or not, there's many people who share his views. So in some sense, it is important to know fully how people feel about these particular issues. And yeah learned a lot about how to have these conversations but thanks guys for joining me i'm snare oh also technically this counts as episode one of the curve thought podcast this is this is the hype that i'm going to be going for and thanks for joining me guys i'm sean and i'm checking out